According to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was hungry. The tempter approached and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become loaves of bread. He said in reply, It is written, One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and made him stand on the parapet of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Then the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their magnificence. And he said to him, All these I shall give to you if you will prostrate yourself and worship me. At that, Jesus said to him, Get away, Satan. It is written, The Lord your God shall you worship. In him alone shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In our gospel today, Satan gets mentioned more prominently than most any place else in sacred scripture. And he was cocky enough to even challenge our Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, our Lord rebuffed that. But how does Satan challenge us? If I were the devil, I would want to engulf the whole earth in darkness. I would not be happy until I'd seized the ripest apple on the tree, so I should set about however necessary to take over the United States. I would begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please, do whatever you like. To the young, I would whisper, the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what is bad is actually good. In the ears of the young couples, I would whisper that work is debasing, that alcohol and parties are good for you. I would caution them not to be too extreme in religion, patriotism, or moral conduct. And the old, I would teach them to pray. I would teach them to say after me, Our Father, which art in Washington. If I were the devil, I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that everything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd fill TVs and movies with unrealistic sex and violence. 
And then, if I were the devil, I'd peddle narcotics to whoever I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. And I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but to neglect emotional disciplines. Just let those run wild. And with flattery and promises of power, I could get the courts to rule what I construe as against God and in favor of such things as pornography. And thus, I would evict God from the courthouse and then from the schoolhouse and then from the houses of Congress. And then, in his own church, I would substitute psychology for religion. And I would defy science because that way men would become smart enough to create superweapons, but not wise enough to control them. If I were Satan, I would take from those who have and give it to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. Then I would discourage marriage and separate families. In other words, if I were Satan, I'd just keep on doing everything he's already doing. Brothers and sisters, those are powerful words, but they're not my words. Those words were broadcast by the legendary radio commentator Paul Harvey on April 3rd of 1965, almost 58 years ago. And those are the same words that I challenged you with in a homily over five years ago. And yet it seems nothing has changed, for they still ring so very true today. Today we hear in our gospel that Jesus was led in, into the desert for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. And if anyone here has any doubts, let me say loudly, Satan is as real today as he was 2,000 years ago, or 58 years ago, or five years ago. And he is relentless in his temptations. We see his handiwork everywhere in our lives and in our world. His work is on display right here in our own Catholic Church. Every day seems to bring new confusion and division. Too many pews in our churches are empty. Almost 70% of Catholics find it hard to believe that the body and blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ is present right here in the Most Holy Eucharist. Yes, it seems Satan has had great success. Just in the past months, there were stories that seized our imagination and broke our hearts. Politicians who call themselves Catholic pushing for new laws that allow aborting babies up until the moment of birth. Christians in Congress voting down laws that would ensure medical care for any little one who might have survived an abortion. Thousands killed in an unjust war in Ukraine. Yes, Satan is very active in our world. But Satan is also in action. He is within each of us and our civic leaders who don't speak up and simply watch this evil take place. Satan is distraction. He is a media culture obsessed with violence and gossip that professes to defend individual freedoms, but which pays far less attention to the dignity and value of life at any age. Satan is the ignorant selfishness and self-indulgence of our time. And Satan is absence. 
the absence of real faith, the absence of responsibility, the absence of empathy, the absence, absence of action, and the absence of prayer. He is the voice that whispers, you can do anything you want. You are your own God. You can change your gender. You can euthanize the sick and the elderly. You have no responsibility for the common good. Do whatever you like. It's all about you. Just take care of yourself. My friends, this Lent, we must take time to reflect deeply. We as a culture and as a people need to turn away from the sins of our age and all the inaction and distraction, all the ignorance and absence, or we just can't go on this way. Lent is a time of reckoning. Lent is a time to look deep within and consider our own spiritual health, the spiritual health of others, and the spiritual health of our country. But this too, you see, is Satan's work. He is, after all, the master of misdirection, a time when we desperately need to hear God, the noise in our world has become almost overwhelming. He distracts us by sowing disagreement, dishonesty, mistrust, and hate. So we simply, cancel, we simply cancel those who may have an opinion somewhat different than our own. So much so that we even become deaf to the teachings of God himself, the one who gave us life and loves us without fail. And while there are no easy answers, I hope there's one true answer we can all agree on, for it stands before us right now. Our true north, the cross. Look to the cross, and then look to what followed three days later. Take comfort and courage in knowing that Jesus has conquered death, and that death does not have the last word. For that is what Lent is leading us to, the great message of Easter, the triumph of the cross, the triumph of love over evil. Just a few days ago, most of you were right here in this church on Ash Wednesday, and you were marked with the cross of Christ. We proclaimed loudly all throughout that day, everyone who saw us, that we belong to Christ. But now those ashes are gone. And how do we proclaim every day forward in our world that we do belong to Christ? This Lent, for the sake of the cross we wore on our brows, we need to pay more attention to what God is telling us in Holy Scripture and through the teachings of his church. This Lent, in the spirit of reflection, conversion, and repentance, we need to give up doing the same things over and over again, yet expecting a different result. And this Lent, besides giving alms to those in need, we must also give voice to the gospel, to Christ, and to his great love for all humanity. We need to make Christ's words come alive through our own voices, but as importantly, through our actions. And by doing this, we may give God's children of any age a chance to survive and thrive and to have what Christ wants for all of us, a life filled with love and joy, with that promise of eternal salvation. Like Jesus in our gospel today, we need to recognize and defy the many temptations of Satan. Yes, we need to pray. Yes, we need to reflect and listen to sacred scripture. But we also need to act and to speak loudly. 
We must share God's truth with our family and friends and those who supposedly speak for us in the halls of government. Even if the cross can no longer be seen on your forehead, by our baptism we have been marked for Christ, and we are called to proclaim him always as our Lord and Savior of the world. Brothers and sisters, we must show by our words and our actions that we will continue to repent and believe in the gospel.